more about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Kelly. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Well, I'm really excited because I'm going to talk about one of my favorite little stories in life right now. So thank you. Thank you. Get us going, Kelly. Okay. Well, I feel like, I feel like the title of the uh, podcast requires some explanation. So just like hang in there with us until we get to that explanation. And if you're from an area of the country that doesn't have Whataburger at all, then just hit pause, go do some Googling, um, come back, uh, once you, once you know what it is. Okay. So, um, to set this up, we, Lynn and I are on the, uh, front lines of the marketing efforts for co-housing Houston. So we do lots of presentations kind of in all kinds of different settings about what is co-housing, you know, where is our project, that kind of stuff. So we were thinking the other day that we feel like we've got it pretty dialed in about, you know, how is co-housing structured? How do you explain that to people? Um, how does the physical and social architecture create a sense of community? We have a lot of words, a lot of presentations around it. Um, but the thing that I think struck both of us is that we did a presentation for a group of people who know both of us really well or pretty well. Um, and that presentation was a little bit different because we were trying to really get at the feeling, what it feels like to be in co-housing as opposed to just explaining the nuts and bolts of what it is. And so that brings us to Lynn's favorite little story that's floating through her mind lately about Whataburger. Oh, yes. <laughs> this is my gift today. So there is a new movie that came out at the end of last year, which the title does not indicate anything really about kind of movie it is but I'll just speak it for you it's called Vengeance and really a lot of it centers around two different cultures trying to understand each other through the personalities of these two individuals that come together one kind of a young hipster guy who does podcasts based out of New York City and the other is this small uh, town family in the middle of absolutely nowhere in the oil fields in West Texas. And the the New Yorker parachutes into West Texas in the middle of nowhere. And he decides one morning that he's going to interview them, this, this family that he lands into, about what is, why is Whataburger so special and why do they love Whataburger? He's trying to capture the feeling of Whataburger for his podcast. So well, I want to give everybody a sense too. Hang on, Lynn, because this is BJ Novak of The Office who uh, wrote this and acted in it. So it's also very, very funny. <laughs> I think that's yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Also, I need to say, in case you've really never heard of Whataburger, you might have just imagined in your mind what it is. But if you're, we have listeners all over the world who might not even be able to imagine it. It's sort of like a competitor to what to McDonald's or Burger King. But please don't, yeah, don't tell a Texan I actually said yeah. that in the same sentence. <laughs> Not going to work for them. Anyway, it's a fast food place that serves burgers. So anyway, BJ Novak is interviewing this family. He's got them all lined up in the living room. He's got his podcast equipment there and he's interviewing them and he's going, okay, so what I'd like for you to tell me today is what's so special about Whataburger? And all of them scream back at him. It's Whataburger. 
Like he's like, yes, I know it's Whataburger, but what's so special about it? And um, they go, because you, it's just there. It's, it's, you can get anything you want to there. And he's like, yes, but what is so special about it? And they scream again. They just cannot get out of this loop. It's Whataburger. And he even says to them, okay, so you're driving down the street and there's a Whataburger, there's a McDonald's, there's a Burger King, there's a Sonic, and you're driving down. And which one do you pick? And they, of course, shout, Whataburger. And he's <laughs> near tearing his hair out and go, but why do you pick Whataburger? And they say, because it's Whataburger. And when I saw that movie, which, by the way, I've seen five times now, I'm completely in love with this movie. It just struck me. This is exactly the same challenge yes. that somebody who's lived in co-housing has explaining to somebody who's never lived in co-housing or tasted Whataburger. <laughs> what is the feeling? Why is it so magical? So, and I do know that I am starting to see absolutely the entire universe through the lenses of trying to explain co-housing. So it's really only inevitable that I would grab onto this little <laughs> bright star in the universe. So Thank you, Kelly, for letting me talk about Whataburger, BJ. Well, I want to say, too, that in the movie, he, they, it's resolved. The, like, what is Whataburger is actually resolved by very, very key scenes are actually then played out in the Whataburger. And it's his interaction with the family in this Whataburger eating together, which I feel like is kind of like, what is the co what is a common house? What is a common house? But then so much life is lived over the, you know, dining room tables, a community dinner in the common house that then you feel. Oh my gosh, Kelly, I just had a light bulb. Okay, and then we can mm -hmm. move on. But they actually feel more safe in the Whataburger. And so deep secrets are divulged in the Whataburger conversation that they really weren't going to leak out of the family. That just suddenly hit me. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about it because it would really destroy the story for it. Deep secret stuff happens inside the Whataburger as they're chomping person. into the Whataburger. Yes. Okay, go. let's move on. It's okay. made us think. It's so made this us think. feeling, yeah, this feeling of living in community is always there, like Whataburger. So we've tried to shift into other modes of this, like showing and not telling, because we can tell you or anyone all day long, like there's a common house and it seats this many people and there's a guest room and blah, blah, blah. But until you have uh, experienced it, you can't really feel what that feels like, right? But humans are endlessly great at conveying feelings to one another, and they often use different ways of doing that. And so we've started some different, uh, mm -hmm. some different modes of how to explain this feeling. Um, some work better than others. You know, it depends on your audience, I think, is mm -hmm. part of it. People who uh, know us well, I think pictures work really well because you can see people you know in them. Um, but And stories also are, uh, one of our members told a kind of, you know, just, just like not even personal or revealing, just kind of very specific stories about her background that then help you to understand why she particularly is in our co-housing group. Um, but you have to know her, you know what I mean? Or else those stories don't really, don't really resonate. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to convince Lynn to develop a game. I would love to have like some sort of uh, role-playing game where people could have that feeling. She's resistant to it. So oh, if you want to see why you say that I've been <laughs> investigating this game of yours, I think it's a great idea. 
um, it's just a challenge always. People are so fact oriented when, when they come to these sessions. They want to they want to get straight to they want to look at floor plans. They want to yeah. see the design. They want to know the price. They want to know, you know, they, they yeah. were so in effect that that really kind of you know, hits me um, with the struggles that I have. I tried to be very polite with some of the questions that people ask because even after we told them certain things about how we make decisions, about how the ownership is structured, about the fact that there is no them organizing it, you know, we be them, we are us. Um, they still come back at the end and ask these questions. And I finally come to realize the reason why we're do they're doing that is because they just are looking for some model to hook this onto yeah. that makes sense to them. And they keep going back to old experiences of community or something similar that they think this is like. And so they get like stuck in the wrong place. And whereas we're at, yeah, you're right. Cause we're asking them to stay in this space of like, you know, community is, uh, is like Whataburger <laughs> as opposed to yeah. the community is like, you know, uh, 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 HOA, you know, it's yeah, like we're yeah. asking people to be in a different space when they think about this, because you do need the detail. I mean, obviously you need that information, those details, but you can't really assess their value to you until you tap into experiences or feelings mm -hmm. of community that you've had in the past, because that helps you identify mm -hmm. the worth of those feelings to you in the future. You know, um, I, I just want to riff off of that comment about stories because I was just thinking back to the to that very nice little documentary that Chuck uh, Durrett put together, and yeah. he has these nice sprinkling of all these kind of fairly short stories of people telling there, and I can remember several of those little stories. In fact, I'm just thinking about one right now of a one of the guys who was a lawyer, and he talks about. Oh, yeah being involved in a consensus decision-making process and how that really um, made him feel completely different than anything he'd experienced in his professional life. He talked mm -hmm. about being, you know, he was the expert. He was the person everybody always listened to. People came to his to him for his opinion. They paid him big money. He made judgments. He made decisions, often very unilaterally, and people then acted on him. And so when he was coming to his co-housing uh, meetings and he knew he had the best answer, the best input, and he would say it. And everybody just, you know, kind of like, okay, whatever, thanks for your input and move on. And he's like, wait, wait, you don't, you don't know. I am like the guy you need to be listening to. And I think that really uh hits home when you have people talk about, I think especially when you have a contrast, you know, when somebody's able to contrast it to a world that maybe others have experienced and then mm -hmm. build that bridge into what's different about co-housing. Yeah. And the story is the bridge. It's something that helps people relate it more broadly or kind of differently than they originally did. It's yeah. like you, it's like you do now because you've had this gap in your co-housing life. You know, you were in co-housing, then you moved to Houston, you're living in a townhouse. A lot of things might look similar, but then you're able to talk about the different threads that are very different. And your kids can even articulate that. Like, how is it different where they live now versus yeah. their memories of where they lived before? And I think it's that contrast 
that yeah. works. Yeah. I think you're right. Well, it's interesting you bring that up too, because the presentation that we did was very, very heavy in photos, which was fun for me to do because they were photos from like the most recent ones were five years ago when we moved to Houston. And a lot of them went back to our very earliest days in co-housing. So it was fun to see my kids at different ages, fun for me to see that. Yeah. Um, but I was also struck by that when I did that presentation, we had just moved to Houston. We just joined co-housing Houston. And so we were presenting like, what is it like to live in co-housing? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really synthesized a lot of the um, the differences between, and I noticed myself as I was providing the you know, commentary for this presentation this time, I was able to say a lot of things that I wouldn't have really understood as deeply before. Like, you know, really when I, when I bring groceries home, (laughs) there's like a 15, 15 step, you know, space between the way that they've designed my car to stop and my refrigerator to be here, as opposed to in co-housing, where it's many more steps than 15 steps to get groceries home. Um, and how that that convenience um, changes your daily interaction with people. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have really synthesized that before. You know, I wouldn't have really. Yeah. Understood you know that. what this makes me think is that when we do move in, we need to spend some time really debriefing these differences mm. because we will all have very, very vivid memories of this transition and how it feels different. And yeah. we really need to capture that. Well, Kelly, this was a great conversation. Was there anything else that you thought you wanted to add to this today? No, but you know, I there is something that I would like to delve into because it does come up with a with with frequency when we're doing these presentations, and it's one also that is difficult to convey. Um, I would love for us to look more deeply into consensus and what it mm-hmm. feels like to be in a consensus environment. Um, as opposed to being in a more hierarchical environment. Um, so I was glad to to think about that today. Well, I I um, let's talk about that next next podcast because I had a recent experience um, in one of my uh, faith based groups that I'd like to share with you about where I felt like my background in the co housing consensus world really allowed me to move forward in a way that supported the group. And it, it was really about the change inside me that mm-hmm. helped make uh, something going on there better. Whereas before, I might have been pretty badly behaved. I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and say it. Well, good. And this is another next time to one. hear about my bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, okay, thanks well, for joining good. us today, everyone. Yeah. And go watch Whataburger or go watch Vengeance. And then you can learn about Whataburger. Yes, do it. And then send us a note. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Co-Housing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Co-Housing Houston.